Welcome everyone to the Reader Copy Podcast, the comic podcast about comic books. It is Wednesday, April 19th. My name is Chris. I'm joined by my co-host Daniel. Yes, welcome everyone to the podcast. Hope you guys are doing great. How are you doing, brother? How are you feeling? I'm good. I got my cup of coffee. Yeah. It's uh, at the time of the recording past 5 p.m. and I got my cup of coffee. <laughs> it, it's uh, 8 a.m. someplace. <laughs> is that how it goes I, uh, We've been doing uh, Keurigs for the longest time, right? And that, I'm fine with Keurigs. I'm... Honestly, when I wake up in the morning, I'm mad lazy. So I just want to push yeah. a button and ins- inject into my veins. I, I I like good coffee, but I'm not a coffee snob. Yes, I've always hated people like that. I uh, I grew up with instant coffee, so whatever. As long as it's coffee, it's good enough for me. Yeah, I just need my uppers. I will say, <laughs> I will say, I've switched now to um, a pre-ground coffee that I put into a reusable Keurig cup thing that I still use in a Keurig machine. Yeah, but it's it's like ten times better. Yeah. Well, okay. So you're getting like the high grade, pretty dang good coffee. Yeah. But then it's like you're doing this shortcut, but making it a long way. <laughs> I'm taking like premium coffee. Yeah. Premium gasoline. And oh. I'm putting it into like an old VW bug machine. <laughs> right. To, to run, just, just get to the right speed. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. It's, uh, it's definitely better though. Like it's smoother. There's no bitterness taste. And I think because I pack it in tight, it's like a more concentrated pressurized flavor. It drips away slow. Yeah. And that tells me that it's like, it's, it's, Every sip of every sap yeah. of the co- coffee is dripping into the liquid that you're going right. to drink. Yeah. Imagine your coffee that you're drinking with your regular ass K-cups. It's just <laughs> pat, it's like just swishing through. That's kind of true. I mean, it is just good enough. It's not great. It's not a wows me in the morning, but yeah. I just need it. And uh, honestly- are you, are you drinking less coffee, you think? Less coffee? Yeah. Because of this? Because you're like, oh, that, that was extra pick me up in the morning. I won't say I'm drinking less coffee. Mm, okay. Yeah. If you're drinking at 5 p.m too yeah yeah it, it's um it's a more of a hassle because there's more work but it's yeah. worth it this time it's worth it i don't know if it'd be worth it for all like those like um you know like the coffee thing where it's like a a vase and you put a paper and straight and up you, people need to glass work to make their coffee what, what's yeah. that called it's With, it's like drip coffee but what's it like beakers yeah like they're them. making like the brick and bad yeah right? <laughs> come on um that's too much work for I think you start to lose the the yield of of uh, what is it ROI oh, in terms okay. of interest of flavor. Sure, okay. I mean, we do have other coffee contraptions in our cupboard. We have the, that AeroPress thing that you put me on a cupboard of coffee contraption. <laughs> <laughs> we get that. We get what is it? It's like a the Italian mocha thing, which is like the right. metal thing you put on the stove, and it it really is like more like it puts out like an espresso flavored coffee. Like it's dense and you get less out of there. Like right. Volume of liquid. I, even that, I don't understand how it works. Like, it the pressure forces the coffee up into a different chamber. Yes. But um, the Keurig works. I just have to pack it in tight so that the water, is, there's more pressure in the water going through it. Okay. Okay. Have you tried those other things, other contraptions to make your... I did the AeroPress. Yeah. And I want to say maybe even the Keurig tastes better. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you can just pack more in there, right? Yeah. So the AeroPress is like two plastic tubes where you force water through. It's essentially the same thing. Yeah. Except it's manual power. 
manpowered. It's like plunger technology or yes. something like that pushes yeah. it through. Mm-hmm. And it's manpowered. There's no electronics involved. Right. You have to use your hands. It's a, it's a baby's toy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's totally worth it to, um, to get your own fresh. Because uh, in Keurig cups, the K-cups, is that not just instant coffee also? Oh, I, I never put that together, but I hope it's not. Honestly, no, no, no. When I open it up, there are grounds in there. It's not a lot flakes what mm-hmm. instant coffee is like. It is grounds. But let's say like I, I, uh, you take a, a brand new one, unused, right? And you shake it. It sounds like uh, it rattles. Like it's it's not a powder in there. I think it's just loose in there that there's space, there's air. Yeah, but it, it's, like a, it's like a shaky, like a... Like a maraca? Okay, yeah. so you get your coffee in a maraca, you get a dance in the morning as you toss it to the trash? <laughs> I'm just saying it's um, like crystallized coffee in there. So I don't know if it, what it, how it is, if it's like flash frozen or something or dried, but it's like, it's not powdery like grounds. I think it is. I mean, I, I've never opened it up without using it for actual cup of coffee ready. So maybe it looks different when it's fresh. I'm not going to waste one of those because those things are expensive, right? Because you're paying yeah. for the convenience. Yeah. They are expensive for the amount of coffee you're getting the amount of cups of coffee you're getting. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm assuming in there is just like regular, let's say Starbucks coffee or Pete's coffee in the little packet thing. Yeah. Also, I heard those things are bad for the environment. Right, because... They're, they're recyclable now, though. The the actual plastic is, yeah. but not the coffee grounds. Mm-hmm. So if you throw the thing into a recycling thing, they're not going to recycle that. You have to separate the two, right? Yeah, I am. It's early in the morning. I'm too lazy. <laughs> I could fesky right now, like I'm at church. But it's like, it's a lot of involved just to get a cup of coffee nowadays. Now, have you seen um, those coffee making competitions on YouTube? Yeah, and that That's, they can go screw themselves. I don't care about that. Ultra snobbery. It's like I mean, I th- also like the person that won. I think was like a YouTuber, so they had like some popularity ready, and it's like it's because like they're making the coffee right in this giant machine, and it's an espresso or whatever, whatever they're making. This the the machine is the size of our kitchen, and they're like, oh, these beans come from whatever country where they give a whole history lesson about the country that the beans are from. Yes, and that's part of the judging. It's like. That, why? Who cares about that? They are judging. It's a storytelling. Do you remember like in high school, they had like storytelling like class or whatever, like a competition? Like creative Creative writing, writing maybe, but you're presenting it. It is like a outspoken type of thing. It's like that. It's half that. It's half like, can you speak and present a speech? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's bullshit. Yes. I don't go to Starbucks for a TED talk. Right. You know what I mean? right. That's why I'm in and out of there with the mobile app. Mm-hmm. Right. No, no ad. But, but then, okay, you said... <laughs> You said this to me the other day. You're going to stop going to Starbucks. Yeah. Every time I have Starbucks, I'm thinking like, this is not the optimal amount, like coffee I could be getting right now. There's better coffee out there. But also like better coffee within walking distance, probably yeah. nowadays. Yeah. And for that fact, I'm like, I, ha- I have to sever my tie to Starbucks. It's like, it's so convenient because it is just the straight app and it's there when you're ready. Mm-hmm. But it's like not as good. It's like the, the quarter quality of coffee could be getting so just walking ne- next by. What's better? I, I really like Pete's coffee. That's my like brand of like mainstream coffee. That's there's a lot less places, but I really like it comparatively. To but me, it's just like Starbucks is just watered yeah. down now and like crappy. To me, Pete's is more um, fast acting as in I need to go to the bathroom quicker. Oh, have you felt that? You yeah. felt the, have you done tests on this? You can feel I the think difference? so, yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm not saying it's, it's worse or that um, Starbucks is better. 
I'm just saying it's stronger in that aspect. That capacity. Yeah. Maybe they do pack in more like caffeine, like coffee yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. That's what's causing you to poop a lot. <laughs> uh, but I feel like I respond to any kind of coffee. So I'm just yeah. kind of like any cup is good for me. I like um, Phil's the best, which is, I think it's regional to like Northern California. Is it? Or yeah. ma- I think there's some in SoCal, but it's definitely like a California thing. It's a bit newer, right? Yeah. They do have the, the, the mobile app too, where you can like pick right. it up and grab, grab and go. You know what? I think they're um, maybe a little bit more flavorful is I heard they don't throw away their things, their beans or their used coffee. They just keep adding to it. Really? So what are you saying? Like they, do they not clean it out ever? You know, this- like um, a walk or a it yeah the food tastes better the more you use it yeah like the the food oils seep into the metal right so you're saying like the coffee mm-hmm. seeps into whatever the roaster the yeah but like coffee machine the old used grounds gross <laughs> that's what you're paying for i think that like they throughout the day i don't know how long they keep it but it's used multiple times and they just keep adding to it. And then I, I don't know if it's a week or the day or the month or the year, then they get rid of it. A ye- okay. A year. <laughs> a year. If you go to the oldest, what fills there exist, yeah. are you drinking centuries old coffee right now? It probably tastes better. Okay. The, the flavor is just extra thick. I don't know. I don't know if I can get on board with that. Coffee, it, it's not really a food, right? Does it... Can it go bad? Does it make? Can it make you sick? I mean, yeah. Why can't it? Of course, it can go bad. It's already roasted. It's cooked already, right? So, I mean, I have no idea. You don't I'm think cooked food can go bad? <laughs> you're not really eating it. You're drinking, right? You're putting your water through it. What I heard is because um, I used to have a friend that worked at Starbucks. Oh yeah. And Insider Info told me that they purposely make their coffee more bitter because they want you to add all that syrup flavoring and all that stuff. That's where the money is, huh? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's kind of true. Maybe that be might be why I don't like it. It's just mm. gross. I, I'm, I'm also not a cold coffee drinker. It's not that I hate it. It's just I'll drink it too fast. Yeah. I like, I'll enjoy it too much and suck it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last thing I want to get into. Yeah. Um, Vietnamese coffee. Oh man, that stuff's extra good. It's like, how do they make it so strong? I mean, I think you could just pack in as much powder in there as you're cooking, right? The, yeah. the grounds. Mm-hmm. But then they make it sweet to counteract it, right? With the right. condensed the milk. milk. Yeah. Yeah. But I, no matter how hard I try, I can't get it that strong, that such a... Oh, at home. At home, yeah. Mm-hmm. The flavor of the coffee that they make is like times 10, and it, then they add times 10 sweetener. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It very well might be a different coffee that I drew. Yeah. It's a tra- in trader secret, you know. Mm-hmm. Not letting I gotta figure that out. Yeah. yeah, If only there's a country we can go to to figure it out. Where do you get Vietnamese coffee? Where does that originate from? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'm I'm fine with my fills for now, and then um, why don't you explain how the show works while I have another sip? Here at Reader Copy Podcast, we get to three different bits. First up, we run down the comic book news, and then we'll talk about a comic book. And today, we're talking about all new X Men. At the end, we'll talk about our side stories, what's we've been watching any entertainment we've taken in this week. Ah, okay, let's get into the news. Marvel MCU Phase 5 is kicking off, or has kicked off, I guess, with Ant-Man, right? Is that right? Yeah, and then next coming is uh, Guardians. Yes. That's coming up pretty quick, I think. I'm excited. We got our tickets bought. Yeah, uh, I was saying we should get our second show tickets ready. Yeah, I'm just going to stay there. I'm just going (laughs) to live there, camp out. And then following that, we got a trailer 
for the next movie, which is The Marvels. That's right, yes. Uh, starring Brie Larson, Tiana Paris, and Iman Vellani. The Marvels themselves. This continues. It's more than a Captain Marvel sequel, because it's um, we have the character from uh, WandaVision in That's it. That's right, yeah. Uh, Rambo. And then, of course, Miss Marvel from her series. And they're somehow entangled in their powers, but it, it didn't really reveal why or how. That's true. Uh, we saw at the end of the Miss Marvel TV show, mm-hmm. for some reason, her and Captain Marvel switch places. Like she's in yeah. her bedroom. And I guess we're getting digging deep into that now in this movie. Why are they intertwined? How are their powers connected? Right. We know she's a super fan. Right? Is that you just wish enough and you could be, mm-hmm. you switch places? Yeah. But also, they alluded to this in WandaVision. Um, Rambo is not a super fan. She might not even like Captain Marvel. So it's like the opposite end of the spectrum. You just hate someone enough and then it's the same thing. <laughs> Uh, I, yeah. Is this like a Freaky Friday situation? I, I, it's They're swapping places, right? Yeah. Locations. I don't know. I, for a second, I thought from the, that little uh, clip from Miss Marvel, they're like switching bodies. But it's really, they're like, yeah. the power set is intertwined. Um, so how did Miss uh, Captain Marvel get her powers? It was just from like blood transfusion, right? With like Kree, and she's like half Kree, half human. No. and Well, not in the MCU. Not in the MCU? How was no. it in the MCU? The MCU... They had the um like this the the Marvel character yeah she created this um like super engine powered thing okay that was powered by the Tesseract okay okay and then it blew up and the shockwave hit um Carol Danvers and then she got superpowers okay and Monica Rambeau got her powers like from walking through the hex in yeah, one division right there's too many times. And then uh, Miss Marvel, she got her powers from the bands. Bands make her name. <laughs> um, but also, uh, she's a, a mutant. Yeah, dirty beauty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll learn more about later today. But um, I don't know why they're connected. They allude in the beginning of the trailer that it might be having to do with um, the space jump points. Which oh. um, I think the first time we see this is Guardians Two. They use it to like travel fast through the universe. When they get like those stretchy faces, yeah. If you do that too much, okay. So it's like it's connected in that for some reason, like these connected locations. Because um, Monica Rambeau looks like she was trying to get some like scientific, I don't know, research done in front of one, and then she, I don't know, she gets too close and it, it pulls her in or something, and then. All uh, switcheroos happen. Okay. Oh, crisscross of things. Yeah. She gets stuck there. Okay. I got to be honest, uh, I'm most excited for Miss Marvel just because she's like the young, giddy character, super happy about things. I hope she can kind of pull through and make the whole cast really flow with this. Yeah. She looks like she's like the in-between trying to keep the peace between the two uh, adult characters. What? Are we a team now? That, that type <laughs> like, of thing. No. That energy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. Um, what else did we learn? It looks like Captain Marvel is still battling some Kree. And they introduce a new accuser. That's right. I think her name, the character's name is Dar Ben. Mm, okay. Which is like, I, I guess like the female kind of Ronan the Accuser type yeah. character. She's using, I think the exact same hammer. Hammer. Right. right. Yeah. She yeah. seems pretty powerful. Can yeah. Put up a fight for the three of them. It looks pretty cool. Um, there was some scenes where they're like fighting and she's using the hammer. And um, looks like... Uh, 
is it sword the, the space stuff that's one thing i caught in this okay. trailer the beginning when they open up on the space station yeah they call it the saber space station oh it's, so it's it, not sword saber it's a different name in the mcu oh so it's dunder mifflin saber exactly <laughs> <laughs> dunder mifflin loves sabre <laughs> So they, they save the world and they sell printers. Yeah. Photocopiers. They're just triangle tablets. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. It's a triangle tablet. Holy Connects crap. Them all. It's a trio. <laughs> the pyramid. It's it's Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, <laughs> Dwight Schrute. <laughs> Assistant regional manager, oh, Nick uh, Fury. <laughs> so the Nick Fury, he's getting roped and he's obviously like, Ties Captain Marvel. Okay, look at this. Oh yeah, yeah. Which Nick Fury? I you know, it was Eye Patch Nick Fury, right? Yeah. Not white hair Nick Fury. It's the bashful one that keeps his his <laughs> cut eye underneath the <laughs> yeah. eye patch. So is that the stupid Talos in there? Uh, maybe. I don't know. It's post uh, Secret Invasion, right? Exactly. So what's the like consensus with scrolls? Do we like them? Are they all, uh, are they helping us at this point? Are they Not half sure. of the the saber force? I don't know. Yeah, I think we'll learn more in um, Secret Invasion. I'm pretty sure that will connect to this movie somehow. Um, and I'm hoping we'll learn more about why they're connected. Um, we know, uh, what is Monica Rambo's like superhero name in this? That's the thing. I, for a long time, thought it was Spectrum and I think they're switching it up and using different names. Photon. Photon. I think so. That kind of makes sense. She has a, um, a new comic book that's featuring a, a image that looks just like her on the cover. Uh, Photon. Monica Rambo. Photon. That's probably it then. Yeah. Um, but her powers, she says she can control light. Yeah, can she also like turn into light? Um, I'm not sure. Like not matter. Yeah. Yeah. But then in Miss Marvel, her power, she said she called it hard light. <laughs> yeah. So is it like a similar power? Light powers? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess so. It's like a beginning thing, right? She's not really transforming like she does in the comic books. Yeah. It's a totally different thing. It's more like just on top of her. Right. Okay. I don't know if Captain Marvel's is light related or not. She does glow in the dark or whatever. <laughs> when right. she like attacked that ship. Yeah. So. And then, um, in Miss Marvel, she only got one bangle, right? Because we saw the other bangle was on what looked like a blue skinned person or a being. Could be Cree, could be connected to Captain Marvel somehow. Yeah, yeah. I think it, that could bring about a Cree Skrull war, if you will, right? I mean, the connection yeah. between the two of them. Uh, there's so many ways they could connect it. There's even rumors like, um, I don't think this is true, hmm. but because their skin was blue, it could have been like. Uh, from Talokan, but oh, that, doesn't make, that doesn't really, that's a long thread to connect. It would have to be the, that freaking, that herb they got. Yeah. They just like grew from Kree, you know, asteroids. Everything just comes from asteroids in Marvel. We know space. that. Space. Space, yeah. Yeah. Crashing down. The Ten Rings. The, I think the herb is probably from space. Wakanda, mm-hmm. Vibranium. Yeah. Makes I, sense. So, meh. It's like the big uh, lump of poop from Joe Dirt. <laughs> No, that's from space, right? Right, exactly. Uh, and then the last thing I want to talk about, most importantly, hmm. um, Captain Marvel's hair. Do we, are we not going to get the short do? Like the short do was like for like one scene in a movie. We didn't really see it in person in movie. It was hologram too. Remember that? Yeah. Well, in, in when she comes back and she just like flies through the, okay. the ship. So that's two scenes. There you yeah. go. Okay. <laughs> 
Now her her hair is like long with a braid or something like that. Yeah, uh, I wish she was that kind of Captain Marvel. Like in the comics, she's very hoorah, military, yeah. takes leadership, and I want that t- style. I don't know if Brie Larson's bringing that yet. Maybe this is where finally she's the leader. She's the elder of the group. It, but it feels like it's going the opposite way because. It's almost like she is so powerful and relies on her powers that she doesn't, it doesn't matter what she wears. Because now she looks like her costume is not even like a real costume. It's like pajamas? Yeah. It's like, it's like I'm wearing a shirt and gloves. Yeah. It's not really armor anymore? No. Yeah. It's not like... Well, in, in, Captain, in the first Captain Marvel, she was wearing Cree uniform. Yeah. Now it's like uh, I cut the sleeves off of that. <laughs> she also, she's in her punk phase. <laughs> Yeah. You'd have thought that would be when she had the cool haircut, but right. it's now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Whereas um, Photon, if you will, mm-hmm. I think it's a new new look. Yeah, she's wearing like looks like a full on like uniform kind of thing. Yeah, I mean she's she's government right now. She's working with Saber, right? New organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wonder. Um, if her powers are going to be really used because it looks like when they use their powers is when they activate to like switch positions that's true so there's probably something going on with like uh we can't use our powers for a while that's why they're gonna have to join together like literally be in the same location because when they swap they're like oh or i'm 10 feet where it was yeah And they're going to probably have a scene Mm -hmm. where they're finding one person and like switching places. Yeah. I think that's going to happen like for sure. Okay. Uh, I like the fact that um, they're all together and they're combining different um, parts of the MCU. Oh, yeah. Into one thing. Um, I feel like this is still in the vein of phase four as maybe a little bit lighthearted and not so serious. Oh, yeah. But I... um, I think I'm going to like this more than some of the Phase 4 stuff. As far as... Well, you liked Ant-Man, Quantumania. Sure. What, what do you... You're going to like it more than Thor. I, I think I yeah. will too. Yeah, because I don't like Thor. I'm, I'm say it too, yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, But what other Phase 4 do you think it's going to I mean, outperform? Kind of, I don't know if it'll outperform, but it's maybe in the vein of like a Shang-Chi style. Like has a lot of humor, but still has action. And, um, you know, it's starting to connect things. Because I think Phase 5 is going to lean in closer to like um we need to start connecting things so that when we get to phase six and uh, kang dynasty that um things have weight to them i hope honestly all of the comedy comes from miss marvel and the other two are kind of like military people like Mm -hmm. monica sells a grudge on her shoulder and type of thing i want that kind of environment where they she's still uh captain marvel is really like oh yeah trying to be leader or something i've 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 done this before i think this is how that's how it's gonna go well that's what i'm hoping yeah um, switching over now, we got another trailer that excites me. This is a, a different kind of trailer. This is an in-production teaser trailer. So Yeah. So what is this? It's just even the <laughs> teaser tra- for the teaser? Yeah. It's like, hey, uh, in case you didn't know, we're making a trailer. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I think they have like they're recording people recording the, <laughs> the show. Yeah, it's a first look of the behind the scenes. Oh, of uh, it's now called the Max Penguin series, starring Colin Farrell. Yeah, and I think every Batman fan is pretty excited about this yep. series. Um, something connected, a TV show connected to the Matt Reeves Batman universe. Yep. And it just feels like Colin Farrell embodied Penguin. That surprised everybody. Right. And, and Penguin in the Batman was a villain, but not like top of the food chain kind of villain. True. And now this looks like the story where he will ascend to that level. There's a power vacuum in Gotham. Right. And that was the moment. Like, you can hear it in his monologue in the trailer. Yeah. Like, this determines what kind of person you are. This right. moment's like this. 
because we know at the end of the Batman, Gotham is somewhat flooded in disarray, and um, you know it's going to lead into like rioting, and and they also learn like half the police was like corrupt, so I'm sure they're going to get rid of them and stuff. And there's almost no one in control. Uh, Falcone is out of the picture. Yeah. Uh, being ousted as a rat. Right. What does that tell about the, the family that's going to be introduced in this show with the daughter and uh, I think the Maroney. son? Yeah. yeah. For those other people. Right. So how is that going to... We saw a glimpse of her. Uh, it looks like she was having dinner with um, Oz. Oz. Cobblebots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, now that we're going to focus a lot more on Colin Farrell's Penguin... Are you still kind of like convinced that that's Colin Farrell under there? Because <laughs> in the Batman, I was like, that's a different person. But now, because this is like a behind the scenes thing, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to see the seams. Oh, like where it's like starting to crack? Yeah. I'm starting to like, the okay, I, I'm, I'm losing a little bit of the magic, but I still want to see it, of course. Yeah. I felt like, wow, of like, you can't believe it's him yeah. brought it so much out of you. Like, like it's so powerful. But I I'm just want to see a good Penguin story. Mm-hmm. And I think Colin Farrell is a great actor nowadays. Like, yeah, he's, he's like a top eight tier very actor. Good. Yeah. So uh, if if there's some like some of the prosthetics start to crack or whatever, I'm mm-hmm. fine with it. Because I think a lot of because he has to look you know like he weighs way more than Colin Farrell really does. Menacing, sure. Um, but I think a lot of that weight is put on his face. Yeah. And yeah. he's not really wearing a really heavy like fat suit under not heavy yeah when you compare it to other fat seats yeah it's not a norbit and i wonder if there's scenes where like you only see his top half or like just his face so he doesn't wear the fat suit <laughs> <laughs> and then there's times where i see that and he's walking around it's like it doesn't look proportional <laughs> he's pulling um robert downey like iron man thing yeah i just want to be in the makeup chair half the time today right like whatever you can see that's all i'm gonna wear okay <laughs> i'm just gonna be acting with my eyes today right is that what it is uh, you know what i get a lot of vibes from this yeah is first like third of dark knight huh when joker is kind of like building his crew and dealing with the mobs. Talking to the mob bosses at the table. Yeah. And kind of like setting up a deal. Okay. And it's what it seems like Penguin's doing. It seems like he's hiring some henchmen guys, starting um, starting to like figure out a plan to take some some power. Making maneuvers. Yeah. Making out a plan. But also like he's like taking the subway. Like <laughs> He's yeah, not, he's I'm, still the right hand guy for now. Right. Like, cause there's a scene where like he's, they're walking in the city. It's like. Why are you in like a car? <laughs> I don't. Well, he gets the Maserati at the end, right? We see yeah, yeah. that. Well, I think that's the end of the series. Yeah, or exactly. the season. Yeah. I think he sees himself as this street scoundrel that made it up to this point to be the right hand of a Falcone. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to do that too and see that in that other kid actor, like not you know, the other yeah. guy that's going to be take him under his wing. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> Flapper. <laughs> it's Flapper. And I think... Um, but at a certain point, I think that kid's going to betray him. Oh, you think so? And I think he's going to kill him. And we're going to see the real sadistic character that is the penguin. It's right. Gonna, it's, we're going to reveal. like, oh, this guy's evil. That scene at the end of the trailer where he laughs and he kills somebody like a few feet away from him. Yeah. Really see like the, mm-hmm. what he's like. That's what I'm looking for. So like, like you said, um, at the end of the, the Batman, Falcone is out of power. He's dead. And I'm assuming the Moroni and his family are going to 
take that power back. Yeah. But Penguin, his allegiance was to Falcone, right? He was his right hand. So it's like they don't trust him and he has to prove himself again, maybe to be like accepted in that group or he's going to try to do it all on his own. I guess that's true. Like if Falcone's organization topples yeah. and he was that guy's right hand man, does Penguin really have anything at the start of this? Um, yeah, it seems like he's back at the bottom. Back to zero. Uh-huh. And then he's got all, he's, he's <laughs> brushing up his resume, mm-hmm. filling out in interview <laughs> <laughs> applications, <laughs> looking for uh, an opening. Right. He's, he's going to be adopted on by the Maronis. LinkedIn. He's yeah. making connections. Yeah. He's he's digging into his network, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, the uh, other day, a couple of days ago, I think I worked out my calves too hard. Okay. And they're pretty sore right now. Yeah. I've developed a waddle, I think, like the penguin. I... And we had to dress formally today, and I yeah. wore dress shoes and a long black coat. Mm-hmm. I looked at myself in the mirror, and, and I was just like, waddling around. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, sweetheart! <laughs> Hi, I'm Oz." <laughs> uh, I really felt like the penguin embodied it today. <laughs> I, uh, well, I think with prosthetics, I could do a better job than Colin Farrell. Okay, you think you're going to be better than Academy <laughs> nominee? Yeah, Colin Farrell. Come in, coach. <laughs> Do you think um, we'll see any other characters from the Batman appear in this? Oh, um, I want them to expand further from what we've already seen from the Batman. More Batman lore characters? Yeah. Okay. It sounds like, I mean... Uh, Arkham or whatever uh, was it Blackgate it's like yeah. full of prisoners like Joker was already in there there's got to be more right. prisoners in there we're going to see the prison sounds like when we talk to Maroni so maybe there's someone else in there like a like a black mask or something oh okay or I don't know if a ventriloquist could, could make sense in this world yeah did you hear about the rumors of the villain for the sequel let me hear it what do, you, what do we got in the street so what people on the internet are saying is Clayface and I, my initial reaction is like, how is that physically possible? He's just going to cover his face with clay. <laughs> clay, okay. I don't know. Clayface is a supernatural style character. He can morph and look like a different person. But that's not very realistic in this very grounded world that Matt Reeves has made. Yeah. So I don't know what twist he'll put on it. If, if it's even true that he's the main villain. Um, so I don't, yeah, if there's something where he does just wear like a disguise all the time, I don't know, but it, to me, it doesn't, I'm not sold yet on how that could be the main villain. It is interesting to use a character that we haven't seen live action yet. Right. And, uh, the lore of the character being like an actor or like a spited actor trying to get, get his revenge or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. That's a story we haven't seen yet. I like that. But to make it work, I don't know. Like the Bane thing, they just gave him a big coat and it was like, okay, he's big. Right. He, he didn't. He's not injecting venom into him, you know? <laughs> um, spoiler alert, in the comics um, more recently, Clayface is a good guy. That's true, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to be like a twist. Like they want him in because they'll make him a good guy later. I kind of like that. You, I, I don't. I don't want him at all. I like that in the comic, I should say. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. But in the movies, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, people have been wanting a Mr. Freeze villain to appear again. Uh, a good one. What do you mean? <laughs> the, the original was, we can't you like that. It? We cannot beat that. <laughs> Jill. But uh, he is also like supernatural. So maybe a little bit more can fit in this world. But like still, it's like he has to be cold all the time. <laughs> like sci-fi type things. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I don't know. I, it, it, it can be grounded if it's like he doesn't need it, but he needs it for someone else. Like the cryogen science. It at least makes sense to me. I, I think the, you're part clay. Yeah. You're a clay face. Yeah. No, it doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't play for me. 
Um, in the again spoilers, but this is a very old video game, Arkham oh. City, the second game. The Joker was the villain, right? Oh yeah. And it turns out that Joker was Clayface. Yeah. Right? Bad spoilers, man. <laughs> the end of the For game. a game that's like 15 years old. <laughs> um, I wonder if there's going to be something like that where like, because uh, we know this Joker, his face is kind of messed up. Yeah. So like disfigurement's part of this this world already. And yeah. It messes up and it plays into like the villains created in this universe. Mm-hmm. Would you like that? Would you, are you okay with like the clay face being just a shapeshifter? I don't think shapeshifter works in this thing, but some kind of like disguise master could oh, kind of work. All right. Master disguise. Turtle, turtle. Turtle club. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I can get on board with this now. Okay, so he's like, he's like, uh, he breaks and steals the costumes from the play, and then he's like, oh, I'm a master of disguise. He's an actor, right? The character of Clayface. Sure, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Do you know in the the animated series the origin of Clayface? Um, no, tell me. I think like he was a famous actor or something like that, or yeah. a very handsome actor, and he gets disfigured, and he has this like someone makes like this putty or clay thing that yeah. he wears, and he looks back to normal. But he's addicted to it, and eventually he just puts so much on that it, it becomes he becomes all clay, all of the putty, all of that putty. Okay, it's like he's just mostly the clay now. Yeah, at a certain point the putty, and he can't look normal anymore. His he has that weird like monster yeah. look. Okay, okay, that's kind of cool for the cartoon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if if not that, then what do you want for the second movie? Is it is it time for Joker to pull him out of the get I, him off the bench? I think it's time to have more Joker. Doesn't mean he's out of the prison yet or anything or out of arkham but maybe maybe he's even like the mastermind behind something or gets out halfway through or something like that but um yeah i don't know what what villains i would want or main villain yet i would want that'd be pretty sick if he's like a mastermind he's like plowing this whole thing in prison yeah like the whole like a trilogy arc of a plan yeah that'd be kind of cool maybe like a poison ivy poison ivy yeah okay that's another thing like it's like that's not that's sci-fi also like controlling plants and all that but i mean they don't have to be like man-eating plants but you could be manipulating plants to make poison i don't know okay okay all right poison ivy yeah (laughs) speaking of uh like animated stuff dc's next or big intro to their new stuff yeah is the animated um creature commandos now we finally have a voice cast for this animated series this is going to be the first entry in james gunn and peter safran's new dc universe of movies of what do you call this dc new the gunverse i don't know (laughs) Doesn't sound good. Batman doesn't like that. Batman doesn't like that. <laughs> uh, so this whole thing, uh, starting off with this animated series, we have a, a voice cast, and what uh, James Gunn said is this voice cast is also going to play the live action versions of these characters. Right. And let's go down the list. We have Frank Grillo playing Rick Flag Senior. Uh, we have uh, Indira Varma playing The Bride, which I think is a Bride of Frankenstein type character. We have David Harbour playing Eric Frankenstein, Sean Gunn as G.I. Robot, Zoe Chow as Nina Marzuski, Alan Tudyk as Dr. Phosphorus, Me- Maria Bakalova as Princess Ilana Rostovic. Uh, yeah, and then um, Steve Agee is also in it. Uh, and then um, Sean Gunn, this is James Gunn's brother, is like dual roles. He's playing the weasel also, returning from the Suicide Squad. That's correct. Yeah, so that's that's fun. I think the John Economist character is Steve Agee's character. Right, yeah. And he, that's Die Beard. What? Die Beard. Remember, like, uh, Peacemaker keeps making fun of him because he dyes his beard. Oh, really? You don't remember that <laughs> don't in remember Peacemaker? That. Okay. <laughs> I think he's, this is a Viola Davis 
Davis um, team, the the Amanda mm-hmm. Waller. Yeah. But John Economist is going to be like the liaison character in this team. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's why he's going to play more of a role. And like you said, um, Rick Flag Sr. is in this. Yeah. I, I wonder if like he's pulled in because his son was killed. Right. Yeah. Peacemaker. What a joke. <laughs> Man, that, that sequence is a good part of that movie. Pretty dang dope. Yeah. <laughs> I like um, the cast. I don't know the characters that well, but I like the cast. Um, I wonder how they're going to translate to live action. Are these people voice acting it? kind of look like the same shape of the characters already like they right dang he looks like a weasel yeah right no offense <laughs> um but they all look like like david harbour as like a frankenstein type character that's kind of on point already yeah. alan tudyk as like a robot he's done that before right right yeah. so all of these things kind of fit together i think david harbour is like a like a it guy right now he's going to be on different things already like stranger things he's in marvel already is a red guardian yeah he'll be in thunderbolts right so it just kind of makes I mean, he might lead or might not it sounds like the bride character is, is more of a lead right. for some reason i uh i'm getting a little tired of david harbour yeah i'm thinking like maybe we don't need so much <laughs> <laughs> Cool, cool the Jets. I'm just saying, like, he's good as Hopper. He's okay as Red Guardian. Yeah. Let's not give him everything. Let's not put too much on his plate. He could, he doesn't need so much. <laughs> he, I mean, this is like his third superhero thing. He's Hellboy, too. Yeah, right. So, not anymore, but he was. He was, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, I don't know if I um, love David Harbour's acting. It's great, but I don't think it's for me all the time. All the time. I think he's great. I want to see him in enough stuff. I think this is voice acting for now. And it doesn't seem like this is going to be like a Justice League when it gets to live action. Sure. They're just going to be characters, I think, that play a part in um, the other movies. I don't know if they're yeah. ever going to get a movie. Yeah. And I don't think all of them will appear. Oh, yeah? Like yeah I think, uh, well, someone, you know, James Gunn is very good at answering tweets from the fans. Right. Someone asked him, like, are, these, are there already plans for these characters in live action? He says, some, yes. Some, yes. Okay. Well, then, I mean, if we're going with the Suicide Squad stats, yeah, they might not make it. You think this is like a Suicide Squad? I, it, Amanda Waller is the boss. <laughs> like, uh, yes. <laughs> like, these guys are not even human, like most of them. So <laughs> I think they care less. Uh, some of them are not alive. How do you kill them? Yeah, exactly. So maybe that's why she's like, she figured out, she learned her lesson. Yeah. Right? <laughs> maybe some of these are parts of the other people. <laughs> I don't know. Do we have word yet on when this is coming out? Uh, no real word yet that I've seen, but uh, yeah, it's still a little bit kind of the thing. Like, I don't have super high hopes for this. It's like a strange right. thing to start off a universe with. Maybe he's just dipping his toes, the, the two of them, yeah. in starting something. Yeah. You know, in, in how they're hiring um, these actors to play the voices and then uh, down the line appear in live action, do you think there's any reverse to this? Like, Will we see Batman or Superman or Wonder Woman first in animated form? Oh. And that's how we learn that that person is going to play them in live action. That would be interesting. Yeah. Maybe Superman shows up here. It's like, what are these monsters doing here? Could be, yeah. Okay. Maybe that is like, this is just the training wheels for actors in the future. Like they need a, mm. like a Swamp Thing makes total sense if it like introduce it in this sure. season two or whatever. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Did you hear the rumors about Swamp Thing? What's the thing about the Swamp? Um, Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh, okay. Yeah, but that's more of like fan wanting it. Okay, all right. He, okay, he Kingpin. <laughs> yeah. He 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 fell in love in the in the show, and that's what kind of a half of like Swamp Thing's whole identity is like falling in love. Yeah. 
uh, arcane, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a love story at the end of the day. It, it is. It's like a Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, um, hopefully we get to see more soon about this um, creature commandos. I all we know is this one image that they keep showing for it. So I will, I would love to see some kind of animation of it already. Some uh, teaser of the in development <laughs> thing. So the guys are like, this is the pencil I'm gonna use to draw these characters, <laughs> like. <laughs> Uh, but until then, uh, guys, please don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. We're here every week and uh, bringing you the comic book news. And you won't want to miss it. Just hit that follow button in your podcast app. You can search up at the Reader Copy Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to stay tuned with Reader Copy. All right. It's time to get into the middle of the show where we talk about a comic book. And this week it is all new... We're doing a book today that's revolving some characters from one of your favorite all-time teams. Yeah. Sections of, of the Marvel Universe, the X-Men. But we gotta we gotta upgrade to the newer version, right? The upgraded new version. All new. Right. Like like let's say that your young brother, the all new X-Men is what we're doing today. From the sixties. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this was a all new comic book, came out in the year twenty twelve. Uh, and we're just gonna be covering the first five issues out of the total sixty issues. Uh, yeah, this was just, a, I remember reading this when it came out and being like jolted, being like surprised at what's going on in the storyline. <laughs> it was like, what? X-Men can do this? Because uh, when I think of X-Men, I think of old and played, but I didn't know okay, what, okay. what was out there before. Watch, watch what you're saying. <laughs> I, this, this is really like the time where I was first getting into comic books, like really, like getting into comic books and looking for stuff on my own at the time. Um, our writer today is Brian Michael Bendis. I think of him as like one of these like comic book industry darlings. You know, like he's he's like people really like him. He kind of makes popular stuff, especially in Marvel days. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about Ultimate Spider-Man, New Avengers, right? A lot of different Avengers things, you got to say. Um, and, but I think what I kind of forgot is that like his origins, when you think about comic book writer origins, you know, you might think of Scott Snyder is like really into horror, but, uh, Brian Michael Bennett, you start out in like crime noir stuff. And like, that's where you get your aliases from right. him or your, your powers. So that's, I think that's kind of interesting where he came from really. Um, he really writes like kind of the characters banter back and forth pretty fast. And he says his like origins, his mm-hmm. root from that is in being inspired by Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. I mean, he's the one that's most like back and forth, a lot of dense dialogue. I think there could be like the room is full of people and they're like talking back and forth. That's why they'll give him an Avengers book or mm. freaking whole X team, right? Our artist today is Stuart Immonen. <laughs> yeah, Immonen. Uh, he, oh, I think of him, I think of him as like he's like the early 10, 2010s Marvel stuff, right? Like like this, all new X-Men or Spider-Man, uh, some Avengers stuff also, like Fear Itself, right? Right. I, I, his style and the style of the artist that Marvel was hiring around this time, uh, I would say it's like the evolution of 90s comics. You think so? Yeah. It has I, like the shading of 90s comics, but not the bombastic muscle-bound thugs of, of the 90s. 
when you think of X-Men 90 stuff, yeah. you think about like, you really like to see the presentation of the character, like flashing their superpowers, like sure. Cyclops beams or whatever. Yeah. And I think this is again, like an evolution of that. Like you see a lot of pages of them using their powers, like a right. energy blast or something like that. Right. A storm coming it's out. It's optic blast, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Things like that. He, he's really presenting that. He, I think he knows what X-Men really is. And I think we have to establish before we get into the story, like where the X-Men really are in this state, like in the storyline right. of, of Marvel, right? X-Men has done so many different things and has so many like shaking ups in the roster that um, you don't know, like the, right now the X-Men is not the X-Men you may think they are. Absolutely. And just like, this is coming off of the heels of a different comic book, Avengers versus X-Men. Right. right? And in that storyline, there was the Phoenix Force, which you, you might remember from the Phoenix Saga, right. but this time it inhabited five mutants. Uh, so they became, quote unquote, the Phoenix Five. Which um, some people think is corny. I loved it. Yeah. It's pretty fun. They look cool. Their, their outfits are pretty <laughs> on point. So it was uh, Cyclops. That's right. Emma Frost. Namor. Colossus and Magic, his sister Magic. Yes. And they all had, because not one of them could, could, could take the whole Phoenix Force energy, yeah. so they split to five. And uh, and they got cool costumes. Pretty dang sweet, yeah. right? It was all the like red and yellow yeah. motif. I want, there's like a, you know, the statues, figures of comic book characters? Yeah. The only one I, I would really, really want, there's the Phoenix Five Cyclops. Yeah. And it looks cool. <laughs> the design is pretty dope because like the, the beak of the Phoenix or whatever yeah. is his optic blast, his Visor. Visor. Yeah. yeah. It looks cool. Yeah. Pretty dang dope. I mean, and we have to establish that like in the storyline, mm -hmm. what they kind of did was like take the power from one of them. So then like there, now there's one less Phoenix Force member. Yeah. And then the power is split between the rest of them. Yeah. And then they kept going doodling down down until there's only one right and the phoenix force just like in like when gene gray had it it kind of like um the host is like not necessarily in control yeah right it's too much power right it corrupts you and that's what happened to cyclops mm -hmm. he was the last one to have it and he got rampant with power and like in his like craziness he killed professor x his mentor his teacher his father figure that and just like the symbol that he is to all of Mune's, all of the X-Men, right. of course. So they don't like him right now. Cyclops is, I, I don't want to say bad guy, but mm. is running from the law. He's just misunderstood. I could fix him. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is one of the reasons why Cyclops is maybe one of my favorite X-Men characters. Yeah. He is such his whole life been the good guy does things straight and arrow but he eventually like has to go on the other side yeah to finish the mission which is like give mutants and their mutant race um equality yeah exactly like the he's always thought of it as like you know charles xavier's message right about saving the living embodiment of that mutant kind yeah yeah, yeah. And now he's more of the magneto <laughs> He he's 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 different nowadays, yeah, right? He's in his sure. new era. And so everyone sees him as that. A lot of the, his old teammates see him as like 
you've gone to the dark side. Kind of, yeah. Exactly. And so uh, they kind of separate right now, right? Like what we know that is like Cyclops is away from the rest of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. And like he's in ties with Magneto at this moment. Right. Well, the other X-Men, they're just like at the school. They, they're they kind of like in hiding because I think the world thinks they're like terrorists. Yeah, yeah. Pretty extreme with all the cameras, video cameras yeah. on them right now. And because of the events of Avengers vs. X-Men, the world is like, again, in fear of mutants. Yeah. So they're being discriminated upon. And it's always like this thing that's been happening with like mutants in the past maybe a couple of decades. Like for some reason, like numbers are dwindling, right? There's like less and less yeah. mutants. So like when a mutant comes up, it's like a big deal, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, this start really revolves around Beast, right? Hank I, McCoy. Hank McCoy. Do- Dr. Hank McCoy. He's one of my favorites. Okay. One of my, I think he's my favorite X-Men. Uh, okay. You can he's have really him. smart. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's a scientist. He's a doctor. Yeah. Right? He's the leading expert in mutations. Yeah, that's exactly right. So... Uh, on that note, he actually experimented on himself, right? Yeah. Before, when he first got his mutant powers, he was just like human-looking mutant. But his expect experimentations went too extreme, and that's why he's like blue and furry. Right. And it's like catching up with him now. Like he's getting sick from the mutation going too far. He has uh, stages of evolution. Yeah. And I think he's uh, uh this is uh, right now. I think his third, and he feels like he's at the point where he's going to evolve again into like a fourth version of himself. But I th- he's like scared for his life right now. Yeah. Like he's really, really sick. Yeah. He's uh, not what you might think of where um, the first time he was blue in like the cartoon. Yeah. That looks like his second evolution. Now he's almost like animal like like a cat almost looking yeah yeah really like it it looks pretty dang not human yeah he doesn't look human at all anymore um and he's all sick on the ground and he's like trying to put his sickness at bay too and like he's even like praying to god like let me just do one thing good for mutants in my this time so that's where we're finding beast he thinks he's not gonna survive the the next mutation and it's coming um, and like we said, uh, new mutants, they, they are popping up here and there, but it's a, it's a big deal. We, we arrive in Australia, Australia, mate. Yeah, down under. Down under. And we see this uh, kind of young woman as she gets into this like hectic, there's like a brawl outside of a nightclub mm-hmm. and she's like in her emotions. Like these are, this is the emotional state that will bring up a mutant uh, right. coming, right? And she, powers erupt in her and this is new to her becoming immune she freezes time in like a whole city block right everything is like just still frozen in time and then um we see now it's cyclops magneto and emma frost uh pay a visit to this young woman and say hi i'm scott summers and you're a mutant (laughs) exactly (laughs) and they explain what's going on you're immune do you have these powers that can you can stop time you've done all of this um, and we're talking to you now telepathically right. and we're trying to save the day for you. Like we can teach you all these things, what it's like to be newly a mutant, teach right. you how to hone your powers. This is what Professor X used to do. He yeah. would recruit um, kids that are scared because they just got their powers and now Scott is doing it. But he's also trying to do it because he knows the rest of the X-Men are going to try to do it too. Right. I think it's right now there's a rift right now. It's like X-Men. Yeah. It's This is X-Men versus X-Men. Yes, and Magneto's there. He's like, uh, he's an elder statesman and all this, and saying like, 
uh, trust us with this. Like they, the the government's not gonna look fondly on you right, right now. Yeah. Right. They're gonna once you stop this frozen time, they're gonna. Uh, rampage you with all these guards and all that. You better come with him. Come with us, and we'll teach you the ways. And they do because, like, when the time unfreezes, it's like there's a whole SWAT team that swarms in on her. And this is what I'm talking about. Like the splash pages, the really cool shots because we see like Cyclops, like kind of jump in there with his optic blast, and right. Magneto's lifting these cars. Emma Frost is glass, or whatever she is. She's a uh... Diamond. Diamond, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, it's I, I love that shot. I thought that was a great image. And we see like he, they are just like going to all these new mutants coming up about like they, they break this one uh, young man that's in like an interrogation office of a, a police station who has like these powers to uh, heal people, like straight up like bring people to life, back to life. Right. And there's a cool shot of Scott talking to the camera like any new mutants out there, I am Scott summers i i'm here for your freedom and it's like the x-men back at the the mansion are like this guy what does he think he is he's making us all look bad now everyone thinks he represents all of us yeah and he's like going rogue pretty much he's like he thinks of himself as a revolutionary yeah but he's disobeying authorities yeah he's like destroying like he charged and attacked this police station to save a mutant that was locked up there just because they're mutant. yeah right i mean it's it's not a good it's a blight on the mutant kind at this moment right and it's how magneto would work back in the day i think he kind of learned some lessons from magneto yeah. like the buddy buddy right now he's like i'm less professor x i'm more magneto right now uh freaking Iceman, right uh bobby is that his name yeah he's talking Do you know to his last name bobby it's what a bobby snow or something what is it <laughs> it's bobby drake bobby drake okay i like that <laughs> Um, he's talking to Kitty Pride, Storm, and Beast, and he's saying like, "Man, back in the day, uh, Scott would not like what he's seeing. Like he was the total opposite of this. Yeah, he was played by the rules, a Boy Scout type guy. Yeah, he was totally against Magneto and would do anything to stop people like him. And um, in this whole conversation, uh, Beast is like kind of trying to keep his like you know upset stomach like for <laughs> hidden from everybody. Like his like yeah, he's hiding it. He's hiding it. But you can see it like in his head. He's like thinking." things and thinking uh some thoughts right now about what uh iceman is really saying yeah right and then we uh we have a flashback really it's it's all the way back in uh the 60s the first x-men the original x-men the first five of them they're still teenagers yeah who, who are these x-men of course remind the, the okay so the first five x-men that professor x put together Scott Summer, Cyclops, Leader, uh, Hank McCoy, Beast, uh, Jean Grey, um, love interest of Scott Summers, mm -hmm. Bobby Drake, as we mentioned, Iceman, and then um, Worthington the Third, Warren Worthington. Warren Worthington the Third, Angel. Yeah, and these are the first five X Men, and they this is the time when they wore the same like identical costume kind of looking thing. Yeah, the black and yellow, <laughs> or blue and yellow sometimes, and they have like the the caps like it covers their, yeah. everyone's hair. They all look kind of the same and um they're kind of having an argument right now because imagine like you're young I, i'm assuming they're like late teens early 20s here sure and professor x is trying to teach them like no matter what no matter what humans do to you how bad they treat you you have to turn the other cheek and remember that um though you may be more powerful than them or whatever 
Uh, they just fear what they don't know. So right. always take the high road. But Hank McCoy, at this point, he's like, I can't do it anymore. These these are homo sapiens. They don't know what they're talking about. Like, yeah. And they're just being uh, ostracized from every right. left, right, and center. Well, Scott Summers, like, he's the poster boy for Charles. Like, we, we, you know, just do what he says. Just yeah. continue on. And they're having this argument at the manor back in the, the library. Uh, when they turn the corner and they see this blue furry beast, <laughs> if you will, standing in front of them. And of course, this is from present day Beast. Has gone back now to the 60s. And he, Beast has gone back and is talking to the original five. And it takes Hank McCoy to realize, looking at his face like, wait, that's me under there. Yeah. Even though he doesn't look anything like him anymore, he knows that's him. He, he's a smart guy. As a, as a younger man, he's figuring out like, um, that this is the future version of himself. He explains right. he's 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 Doc Brown. <laughs> <laughs> it's your kids, Beast. <laughs> I got here in the Mandalorian, right? Um, so Blue Beast, yeah. He goes like, um, I need you guys to come back with me to my present day, your future, and talk to your future selves and like pretty much like calm you down. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're the only person you'll listen to. <laughs> If he if he saw what he was when he's a little kid when he's younger at least Scott yeah. Summers would f- realize how far off he's gone yeah right and then even like younger Hank McCoy's like if you were to do what you did break the time continuum yeah and actually break and go back in time it must be pretty serious yes right so. Um, they're all thinking like, first off, this can't be real. Like there's this random guy that shows up in the man. How did he get in? How, uh, can we trust him? Right. Is this just a, a trick? There's you know, evil Magneto is out there. Is this a, yeah. a lie? They're kind of gullible still, right? They're young. They're yeah. naive and they don't know who to trust. And even like some of their powers have not evolved to what we know yet. Cause like he tells Jean, just read my mind and you'll see I'm telling the truth. And she's like, I can't do that. And he's like, oh, yeah, you can't do that yet. <laughs> right. So he's already messing up the butterfly effect thing. Like he's yeah. like laying these secrets out. Because she's like, wait, I can do that later? <laughs> Holy crap. What else can I do? Um, and it they really go into shock when Beast reveals that Scott Summers in the future is going to kill Charles Xavier. You're right. And... Scott's like, how could you say that? I, there's no way I would do that. I'm like his number one disciple, right? Um, and they all like get in their feelings as like Beast kind of leaves the room and they all kind of argue, do we go with him? Can we believe him? Uh, and they ultimately decide like, let's at least see this through. And they tell Beast, we'll, we'll go back with you into the future. Right. And back the- to the future. <laughs> They go out and the technology that Beast has, because it's like this portal. It looks like I'm in um like a, what a TVA would have. Yeah. Or what Mr. Fantastic had in Multiverse of Madness. Um, it's uh the invented by Reed Richards and Doctor Doom. It's like time travel portal thing. It's legit. It's yeah. pretty cool. Like a time cube that they do use to teleport to uh, our present day, I guess. And it's like the, it's, they go to the school and it's like the future for them, right? Everything right. is this floating object in the sky, this new technology. Um, and they go to this, the Jean Grey school for the gifted young. Yeah. And back in their time, they're the only students, right? The five of them. Yeah. Now it's like a bustling school with like a, more mutant kids running around. So they're, that's also like surprising to it's them. It's a shock, right? Yeah. 
And she has to ask, why is it named after me? And there's yeah. like, you know, there's she she dies at a certain point. So right. there's like a lot of things. He's that, like, um, I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. We see Wolverine. He's, of course, a, a teacher at the school. He's like head teacher. Head teacher, right. The headmaster. He gets a sniff. And right now, everyone hates Scott Summers, right? Yeah. Wolverine, probably most. Yeah. He does a lot of hating. <laughs> he's like... I smell Scott Summers here. So and, he runs out. Yeah. Out in the courtyard, he goes into his feral mode. And it's cool here as the like the young original X-Men use all their powers. Bobby Drake uses his uh, ice powers to stop him. He's got his uh, laser beam, his optic beam to, to tackle uh, Wolverine. And all the, the you know present day X-Men are looking at astonishment, especially uh, Iceman. He's like, ah! Yeah, because like... They're looking at each other, and um, even Bobby Drake, Iceman, evolves because the younger one is like the snowman looking kind. Like he's yeah. kind of like shiny. Yeah. Whereas the newest, uh, most evolved one is like hard ice. Right? Yeah. And, but still, same personality. <laughs> uh, and so they're all looking kind of at their younger selves. Or they're all surprised here, really, is what is going on? What did Beast do now? Right. How, how the heck could he think of this? Um, but in this all this hubbub, Beast, he like gets another reaction and he gets pulled onto a hospital bed and, and shifted into a, um, one of his labs. He's kind of unconscious now. Yeah. And uh, it takes young Hank McCoy looking at himself. Um, he's like, uh, I, I have different anatomy. I have to do, I have, I have to be the doctor to attend to this. Right. And they're all like, okay, we got to look up Reed Richards or Tony Stark. But I guess their lines are busy. They can't respond right now. Right. And luckily, because there's another Hank McCoy, the younger one, he steps in to try to save the older version. And Logan now is like, you know, he's pissed. He's kind of mad at Hank, older Hank, for bringing these the younger versions of themselves back. Yeah. He's like, little X-Men outside right now. <laughs> so they have like a powwow, right? And again, these are the young, they don't know who Logan is. Yeah. This short guy is barking at them. And it actually takes a Jean Grey to use her newfound telepathy yeah. to uh, turn off Wolverine's head and she like meet his mind. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I, I can do this. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Like a, like a jumpstart to her uh, secret power. While they're all kind of just like talking to themselves, they see on TV that uh, everything that older Hank said is true. Like older Scott Summers, older Cyclops is kind of like wanted and... He's like a, a terrorist from what he did with the Phoenix Force. Yeah. So they're learning that, okay, we have to go find older version of Scott. Maybe he's, we're the only ones that can stop him. That's why we're here. Yeah. And so they like hijack one of their their jets and uh, leave on their own, right? These young- the five younger ones in the world they don't know. The future, to them at least. Um, we see this like flashback sequence from a couple days ago. That's pretty cool as- um, Emma Frost, again, she was one of the Phoenix Five, right? So she's still like a prisoner. She got caught. Right. And it's this kind of like stalemate sequence where they're escorting her on this uh, big, you know, armored truck, like the whole caravan of armored things escorting a prisoner. And Magneto is trying to stop them. He's on the road trying to stop all of these cars, but his powers are wonky. Yes. And then Cyclops... Uh, tries to use his blast, but it, it almost like it's too strong. Like he's knocked out to the side, and it seems like I don't know. All, all their powers is a little bit uncontrollable right now. Yeah, 
um, but they were able to to blow up the truck uh, Emma Frost was in and break her out. But she's still angry at, at Scott Summers because he basically left her for dead in, in right. the last story. And he's like, it wasn't me. It was the Phoenix Force. Yeah. Right? Trust me. Come on, honey. That's why I'm saving you now, right? So we could be friends again, like team up again. And she's like, I don't trust you. I don't want anything to do with you. You're the reason I got locked up. We jump now to uh, the University of Texas, a college campus. As there's like a protest going on, you know, fight for equal rights for mutants, right? All these young people, whippersnappers, want equal rights. It's it's a classic thing. As in the middle of this, one of them gets their mutant powers for the first time in all this rally. It's uh, this young guy, and he gets the power to like copy someone's face. Yeah, right. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of like Morph's powers, right? sure, shape shifting, copying someone's face, and so. Uh, arriving there is uh, Cyclops and Magneto. They have to, you know, pick up another mutant as part of their "quote unquote" revolution. Yeah, they're recruiting, right? And so they show up there, um, and they're like, "Okay, it's kind of the same thing as earlier. It's like, hey, we're mutants. You're a mutant. We'll teach you how to control this, whatever." And then he doesn't realize behind him, the younger X-Men from the 60s have shown up. And young Scott is looking at old Scott like, what do you think you're doing? <laughs> and uh, they're looking at each other back and forth. And I like this whole like monologue in Scott's, old Scott's head, I should say. Yeah. He's like, is it is it Mastermind? Is it Emma Frost in my head right now? Some telepath, like cop, like showing my old self. But he can just feel it in his bones. These are the really us from back in the yeah. day. They're in front of me. Like, who would do this? Who has this technology? Oh, it's Hank McCoy. He just wants to torture me. He like figured it out pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like in a twisted way. Like he thinks like Hank just wants to like yeah. bite back at him. Now he's pissed at Hank. And um, in this whole thing, Jean Grey, she like, again, she gets these new telepath powers mm. and she reads Scott's mind and uh, it's like too much for her. She she's like shut up and like blast him with her like. Does she have like a psychic beam too? Yeah, she has telekinesis also. She learned psychic beam. Oh, Jean Grey is learning psychic beam. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course Scott and Jean have a huge history together. Yeah. So when she reads her mind, it all floods into her, and it's too much that she kind of like erupts her powers and knocks everyone back. And then uh, young Scott is like, Gene, are you okay? And he thinks older Scott did this to her. So both Cyclopses are like <laughs> optic blasting each other. <laughs> this is a, a cool one because like old Scott is like chaotic and unwieldy. Yeah. And then Scott, the young Scott's like really small and precise. Yeah. It's like targeted. It's a really cool shot. Um, and of course the other X-Men, like they see Magneto, like, okay, attack him. He's the bad guy. Right. It's his classic thing. Um, and in this whole uproar, they made a whole mess of this recruitment of this new kid. And it's really like a traumatic thing for that, that kid too, as he's like new, finally finding he's a mutant. As uh, the young X-Men, they fly off. Um, they just go to just this cramp campground to recuperate. Cyclops and Emma Frost um, out in their, their other open mountains, they kind of talk to each other and have a heart to heart about what's going on. And it's... What's funny about this comic is like every guy that knew Jean Grey, they're like, oh my God, it's her. It's in love with Jean Grey. <laughs> every single guy is like in love. What's up with her? There's something about Jean Grey. The red red hair? I don't know what it is. Because even Lowe is like, oh, it's it's her. It's really her. Oh my God. Even like Blue Hank, who yeah. never revealed his feelings for her. Right. like, oh my God, it's you. Right. And then it's like young Scott, the one that she's actually with, is like, doesn't think about her. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's thinking about like, what is older me doing right now? <laughs> I look so cool. <laughs> but meanwhile, Jean, the powers, just like we've seen other versions of her, like she's hearing everyone's thoughts and it's like chaos in her head. Chatter. Right? Yeah. yeah. That she's like almost going crazy. Um, they, the young ones don't know what to do. So they, they fly back to the school and uh, they get all the, the notice that like uh, old uh, Hank McCoy is like, he's getting really sick now. Right. Yeah. And it takes the young one to really be the doctor here. He's like, I just got here at the right time. Um, and what's really cool in the next issue is there's like a telepath dream sequence where like Jean Grey is the telepath like connection between young and old one because the, the old one's like sick right now. He's like unconscious. Right. So they have to like go in his mind. And they're like, uh, old Hank has to pass down his knowledge of his own physiology to young Hank. To save himself. Yeah. And the, the version of old Hank in his mind is not what he looks like now. But the one previous where he's like from the, the cartoon. And I think that's like his ideal, what he wishes he looks like. I think so. Yeah, that's why he looks like that. Because I don't think he likes how he looks now. It's more animal looking. He's not used to that. He was not um, Saturday morning cartoon famous. So no, there's yeah. that. <laughs> he's not uh, Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> If only it could be Kelsey Grammer again. Um, but it's this thing where like young Hank is like, everyone get out. It's just me and Jean Grey fixing me. Uh, me. <laughs> uh, and so it's like in the lab right now, he's putting himself back together as all of the X-Men are on the courtyard. And <laughs> it's funny because like Wolverine is the most emotional one. He's like pointing at Scott. So he's like, yo, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> And um, he he asked like this simple question because again Scott killed Charles. If yeah. they kill young Scott now, Charles exists. He'll be back. Right. Like he'll change the continuum. But in this whole argument, uh, old Beast comes out healthy. He walks out of the out into the courtyard and he's transformed now. He's made it to his next phase of evolution. And I, what would you describe his look now? It's less so tiger and more like gorilla, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like werewolfy looking. Like okay. it's not uh, a snout anymore. More back to like a fuzzy human face. Yeah. But still like covered in blue hair. And he's almost like bigger now. Like he looks more muscular. I think so. Yeah. He has like a long face, for, like a big forehead. Yeah. And uh, so it's a good. He made it past that evolutionary phase. Young Hank was able to fix him. Um, and it's funny on the, on this whole thing, the, the young X-Men put a vote, like, should we just go back and go back to how things are? But mm -hmm. Charles will read everyone's mind and just wipe their minds. Right. Yeah. Old, old so they Charles. won't even remember that they went to the future. It would just be like back to zero. Right. And, but they're arguing like, well, we're here now. We're here to fix old Scott. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. Let's stay here until we do that at least. Yeah. So they put it to a vote and that's what they're going to do. They're going to stay. Some of them want to go back though. Yeah. It's just outnumbered. They put it to a vote. Uh, it's funny because like even like Warren Angel is like, we're not even, we're not talking about future me. What's up with that? Yeah. Like where's future me? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> yeah, you, you almost led to the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> So, and um, also like Scott and Gene are kind of on the outs now after everything that's going on. Yeah. And uh, I really like the coming issues of this and also like the coming years is really interesting because it kind of stayed there for a while. Spoiler alert. Yeah. They're not um, there just for like the story arc. And not only are they here longer, more things happen to them. They kind of split up. They join different groups. Yeah. 
um, things happen that to them, the younger versions that don't happen to the older ones. That it's like, well, this is kind of cool. A different environment. Things yeah. play out differently. I mean, the fact that they know where they're going to end up changes yeah. their decisions. Right. And I know in real world storytelling, the creators, this is just their way of doing a Young Avengers. It's like, oh, because at the time they're this is when Young Avengers is kind of forming and stuff. So they're like, well, how do we do Young X-Men? Let's just get them back from the past. I think it's like, well, this is what the fans like. So let's yeah. let's just do that. Right. Let's bring them back. It's and pretty cool. It's pretty. It, it's an out there idea, but it works, I got to say. Uh, this was a fun one. I, I, I kind of forgot about this, but this was a little classic one I've, I've read before and really enjoyed. Um, I really recommend if you've never read it before. Brian Michael Bendis is like he's like comfort food. He's like sure renting a fun movie on Saturday night to watch or something, curling up. It's like a good good read. I like Bendis all the time. And Imonen, his artwork, it's very like clean, mm-hmm. so it's like easy to read, easy to follow along. Uh, I really enjoy it. And but then when it is like action packed, it is like this whole splash page, a big like breakout or something. Yeah, really cool pages like that. Yeah, there's one in particular that is like it's like not just great for the book like it's part of x-men canon forever now oh yeah yeah and i it's when jean gray like her whole life flashes before her eyes oh and we see young her in the middle and then like like a shattered memory artwork like stained glass thing around her of like segments from her life of being like phoenix fighting with the x-men um being reborn and then there's time where like she and scott went to the future to raise cable yeah there's so many weird things about gene gray that uh it's all in this one page it looks really cool yeah i mean this is a way to bring back that character right right in a, in a fun way uh yeah uh that was all new x-men let's go ahead and jump into side stories had a free afternoon, so I decided to watch the new Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, without me. I know. <laughs> well, you weren't free. I was free. <laughs> okay. I had to uh, get a box of popcorn to myself. But it was a, it was a good, it's okay kids movie. I'll, I'll say that. It's my initial impressions for this movie. I have high hopes for it. Yeah, it's it's uh it's okay. It's it's uh, starring uh, Bob Hoskins and John Lucas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just a, like okay kids movie. It's uh, a joint venture with Illumination, right? They made the Despicable okay. Me movies, sure, and um, Secret Life of Pets, and those are a fine kids movies. Yeah, and it felt like kind of those movies with a Mario skin on it. Really, that's my like kind of overarching impression of the movie. The things I've seen in the trailers, yeah, have um, look like it has a lot to it. So I, I thought maybe it's gonna be very good there are moments that i kind of got into it like uh every inch of it has a mario reference in it right like uh, every every spec every pixel on screen Mm -hmm. but then there are these moments where i'll feel like oh you're playing the game a little bit like of course this reference is like you're like a side-scrolling mario thing or you're really zipping through this you're like speed running mario 64 or something and those are the moments where i'm like okay i I, i'm the music plays you know and you're like really feels like a mario thing and i like those moments but like the story and like the acting from the characters it's like kind of a little bit too distant from when i think of mario oh really yeah because it just has kind of like a uh paint by numbers story you know like the big bad bowser is attacking and this uh hero uh finds himself 
Mario in this random situation, a place he doesn't know, mm-hmm. and then he saves the day and saves the Mushroom Kingdom. Right? It's it's. I mean, it's a kids' movie. It's like gonna do the same template type of thing. But okay. uh, the good moments are when he's like maybe going really fast, and you you can feel like. You feel the tension of like it's like you're playing the game. That's what I really like. So you think it is? Of course, it's targeted towards kids. Yeah. But is it mainly a kids movie? Like yeah. Sometimes like a Shrek or something will have like it. It's has adult humor into it also. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely far from that. I oh, think. Okay. When I think of like a like a Pixar movie, yeah. it's def- it's a kids movie, but it'll have like maybe a heartfelt message at the end, mm. kind of thoughtful at the end of the, yeah. the day. And I think this didn't really have that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I, they have some famous people playing the the roles, right? Like we have sure. Chris Pratt playing Mario, Charlie Day is Luigi, mm-hmm. uh, Anya Taylor Joy is Princess Peach, and those characters. It just kind of feels like the actors are playing <laughs> themselves. Mm, you're not lost they're, in it. They're wearing costumes, kind of thing. They're cosplaying, oh. right? Kind of. Because you have a voice in your head for those characters already. There's that, yeah. Okay. I, the the Mario yippee type of Mario. Yeah. He, they have kind of have a reason for Chris Pratt not to do like a Italian or not a Mario. Mario's feel. Japanese. <laughs> of course, of course, he's a Japanese plumber. <laughs> They have a reason for that in the story, like they kind of do it quickly. So then it kind of loses like this the connection to Mario when I think of Mario in my head. Okay, yeah. And it's not like he does a bad job of it, and mm. I don't hate Chris Pratt for taking Mario away from me. I just think of it as like, <laughs> uh, it's 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 okay. It's, it will, I'm realize I'm not that tied to Mario in my my video game life. Like it's something I played as a kid, not not all the time nowadays. Okay, I yeah. still want to see it. I think the people that shined are the other characters, like the villains. Or like like Diddy, Diddy Donkey Kong. Yeah, I think Seth Rogen did a pretty good job. Oh, okay. And he's still not really doing a Donkey Kong. He's just being a Seth Rogen. <laughs> but for that, I think it's 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 pretty fun to see him in this world. How long do you think the movie is? Does it, does it feel short? Does it feel long? It feels short. It feels like it's really zipped by. Oh, okay. And for that, I, I guess that's good. It didn't drag really ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 really a shiny of a show. It does have like a maybe of a polish of like the the graphics and all that. Like I'm getting kind of angry nowadays at how realistic you can make cartoons <laughs> you think this looks realistic yeah sometimes like, <laughs> like obviously they have weird shapes of like cartoony things but like their skin tones are like exactly human <laughs> it's like freaky like how did they get it so real or anything that's not human or like not animals yeah like every the countertops the the faucets it's like they took pictures like it looks just <laughs> It's it's kind of uncanny and it makes me angry. It's it's like AI is behind animation as far as the future is. You know, it's it's far ahead. Um, yeah, that's just how I feel. But there's there's moments like the Mario Kart thing. Like oh yeah, rad. Like yeah. oh yeah, that, that, that's that's my Mario game is Mario Kart. Okay, and it's like okay, they landed this pretty good. I like that at least. So when you're watching the movie and this the Mario Kart sequence, um, do you also end up in second place? Shut up. <laughs> It's just tough for me, baby. <laughs> I'm a Mario Kart guy, and you're bagging on me because the maps just came out. How am I going to be in first place? The maps just came out. This is my impression of you. Every time you play Mario, you're like, oh, God dang it. Like right at the end. Because <laughs> freaking Yoshi's coming up from behind. <laughs> but you say you're like this great Mario Kart player. I am. And every time I see you play, you're about to throw the Switch onto the ground. <laughs> this, these are the times they don't show. These are the thousand hours I have to put in. 
Uh, these are the hours at the gym, you know, I got to put in there. <laughs> you don't start at the top. <laughs> you don't start at the winner's circle. Um, does the movie feel like, I, I, I'm almost 100% sure uh-huh. it will, but does it feel like they leave room for a sequel? A sequel? Yeah, I think there's room for a sequel to this for sure. Um, I could see a, a Luigi's Mansion being pretty fun. Okay. I think that would be a, a good twist on what we've already seen with this character. Yeah. Uh, I think um, like I think there's a rumors ready about a Donkey Kong spinoff. Yeah, I think that's probably likely. I think okay. Seth Rogen's like, I'll sign up for that. You know, mm. extra money in my bank. Yeah. Uh, I I think all these Mario adjacent things are gonna happen. Yeah. I think there's even room for like a Smash Brothers thing. I was gonna say I've seen fake uh, like you know on, on when MCU they do announcements of movie timelines. Oh really? I've Posters? seen fake mockups of that. Of like Luigi's Mansion, Donkey Kong, Yoshi's Island, Zelda, yeah. Kirby, and then all leading up to like an Infinity War Smash Brothers event. <laughs> I want that actually. I think I'm on board. I th- they have a lot of properties. I don't know if they can get everything. I don't know if they can get the licensing in some yeah. of these things. Pokemon? That's or I don't know what the rules are with like Captain Falcon or all these yeah. other things. Or um But do it. Snake from Metal Gear. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I think Kojima will be fine with it. I've never. It'll be funny. It's like it. all the other Nintendo characters <laughs> yeah. and the Snake is there. Yeah, I've never been good or liked Smash Brothers. Yeah, it's I, I've I've been awful at it my whole life. I don't understand the the power bar or percentage thing. It's like just have a life bar. <laughs> I it's. Because it's not 100%. It's like, it's the likelihood that you're going to be... Knocked out. But it's housed over 100. Tell me that. I know. You should be gone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've also just... The like side aspect of it and the blocking thing, it's like, it doesn't work in my head. And the, Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to go and rant on Smash Brothers, but... It's like you're all the way under the map already and you can like double jump forever to get up there back yeah, up. Yeah, these extra skilled, you know, people. I don't know how they do it. It's a big thing. There's like whole tournaments on it and sure, people yeah. make money off that. Make, I think it's, I'm not sure if it's one of the fighting games where it could be someone's career or not. It might oh be. Oh my gosh, okay. But um, I know like Nintendo themselves, the company, yeah. hates the tournaments. Like they don't want it to happen. Because they make no money from it. Yeah, and they just want to make money from every single thing. Yeah. Um. But yeah. People love it. Like it's like that's their hobbies. It is just right. one game, Smash yeah. Brothers. Is this the best video game movie? What do we have to compete with it? I um mean... Mortal Kombat. Okay. <laughs> the first one? Yeah. Um what else is there? Well, if you're talking TV shows, Last of Us is probably better. Sure. That's TV show though. Yeah, okay, so it's out of the question. It's <laughs> not even in the race then. Assassin's uh, Creed wins. I'll tell you. What about no. a Detective Pikachu? Did you like that? Is I liked that it relative to this, as far as like um, quality of um, humor or whatever. I think the humor in Detective Pikachu is better, mm. um, but also you like Pokemon more. That's why, probably, yeah. and just I, it's kind of cool seeing the Pokemon in CG live action. Yeah, that's cool to me. I don't feel I don't get as giddy as Mario. That's what I'm saying. I'm not a super fan. Some people are. Like, yeah. that's their thing. I like so, Mario. I think they'll maybe see it with rose-colored glasses and like this movie. Mm. But I wasn't on board as a distant fan. Okay. Yeah. All right. But I want to see a Smash Brothers thing. I'm on board, like a uh, connected universe everyone's getting now. But this one is like, just do it. It's, it's why not? But you can't just throw Smash Brothers out there. 
There's so many things you have to build up to get there. And like the framework of how they reasoned Mario gets into this world, uh-huh. I could see a Smash Brothers thing is what I'm saying. Like they lay the ground with the lore is there. Oh, it's like a dimensional thing. Kind of. Okay. What are they going to fight at the end though? Like a big hand? Yeah. The yeah. audience. <laughs> Again in North, maybe? Oh, yeah. I would love a Zelda movie. Do that, and I'm... Yes. <laughs> Don't. I'll, I'll be first in line for that. Yeah. In the old Lou Albano, Captain Lou Albano, Mario live action show, you even know what I'm saying? No. They would have snippets of... A Zelda cartoon. Real snippets, yeah. like they're watching a cartoon in it. No, like they'll show you f- ten minutes, and then the next ten minutes will be next week, and the next ten minutes will be next. Oh, week. like a side thing. Yeah, like there's side stories. Yeah. Okay. So it's like after the season, you'll have an hour of a Zelda story. Gotcha. Was it cool? It was cool, but I was so young that I don't remember really what the story was or anything. So cool, you might have made this up because I have no idea. There's it's like a true. Just, was there a Mario TV show? Yeah, Live Captain Lou Albano. <laughs> okay. Do you know who that is? N- really, no. That's Cindy Lauper's dad from uh, <laughs> Time After Time. I don't know. From the music video? Yeah. Okay, I believe you know. From wrestling. <laughs> it was really a captain? Captain Lou Albano? Yes. He had a piercing on his face. Okay. okay. Was it like like the new at the time? Nobody did that? <laughs> yeah. It was just Captain Lou Albano? On his face. Yeah. Like on his cheek or something. Oh, wow. That hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually never seen that to date, maybe. Yeah. No one followed him. Was it a ring or? <laughs> I think so. Oh, wow. He's a weird guy. Interest. All right. Well, um, anything else about Mario? Uh, it does make me want to go to Mario World Universal. Okay. It's got me a little bit excited about that. Uh, but uh, the sequel is going to come. As, uh, maybe it'll be better for me. Mm, yeah. Okay. Jack Black as Bowser was fun too, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm it a does. Jack Black fan. Jack Black. It does feel like just Jack Black is on screen. Okay. Yeah. He's funny though. Um, I have been watching. Um, I have like a catalog of shows. It's like, hey, don't forget to watch this. You're seeing a backlog? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so I, I caught up on. Well, not really caught up, but I started. Barry on HBO. Mm. That's already four seasons in, and I've heard good things. So I finally started, and I finished season one, and I'm a little bit into season two already. And um, I would say it's not laugh out loud funny, and it's also not like super drama drama serious either. Okay, it's definitely a little bit of both. Towing the the line between the it's a dramedy. What's the like yeah. general synopsis of Barry? So Barry, played by Bill Hader is ex-Marine now living a life of um, personal, like, hitman for hire. Oh. But only, it only kills, like, bad people. So that's what, that's he, what tells he sells himself. Okay. Right? Uh, and he's hired to do this, kill this guy um, who is having an affair with uh, this other guy's wife. Oh, really? He follows that guy, and he somehow stumbles into an acting class because it's they're in, like, Hollywood. And he then falls in love with acting. <laughs> And wants to give up the hitman job. He caught the bug of a yeah. thespian. Um, but, you know, things happen. He gets roped in um, and he must continue the hitman job. But he still wants to be an actor. So he's taking this acting class. And he has to balance all this, hide that he's a hitman to everybody. And um, the people that hired him are still, like, you know, pressuring him. And they kind of, like, get roped in. So... It's all revolving around him trying to like separate the two lives that he's living. Okay. He's he's uh, living two different worlds. It's yeah. basically Hannah Montana. <laughs> sure. If Hannah Montana was a good actress. 
She's not an actress, she's a singer. So. Okay. It's funny because um, Bill Hader has to play this guy that wants to be an actor, but he also, the character that he's playing, Barry Berkman, is a terrible actor. But that's his dream though, right? It's like he's discovered this dream. Okay. Um, it also stars um, Stephen Root, who is like his handler, like the guy that gets the jobs for him. Yeah. This guy was in like um, Dodgeball and News Radio. I know that guy. Funny guy. Sarah Goldberg plays the other like classmate that ends up being Barry's like love interest. Right. That's also that's a part of why he joins the class because he like likes her. Digging on her. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then this guy, Anthony Kerrigan, plays uh, Hank, who is part of the mob group that like hires him initially, but he's very like. He's the, probably like the funniest character. He's the bald character. Yeah. That is so not a mob kind of guy. Like he befriends Barry and he like cares for him and stuff. And, but he's also like, yeah, but just do this or else we'll have to kill you. Kind of kind of like humor. Okay. Right. He's like, he's kind of innocent yeah. in personality only. Right. It's like he has to be forced to be in this um, group, this gang or whatever. But he's really like a really nice guy. <laughs> He's lovely. Yeah. Like they'll they'll do things like um have like a gang meetup or whatever and he'll like bake cookies for it or something like that. Oh <laughs> and he's really funny. Um probably the funniest part of the show. Really? Yeah. Um but it, it has serious parts like um there's times where Barry is forced to do things he doesn't want to do. Right. Uh it has to do a lot with um you know p- kind of PTSD trauma. Sure. Cuz he's ex-military. He's right? ex-military, yeah. Um, there's situations that I don't want to spoil, but like he has to do things that, um, would definitely put him on the side of like, he's evil. He's the bad guy on the bad side of things. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, and then he has to turn around and be like this super nice guy and go to acting class and perform in plays right after he's done some terrible things. Okay. So it's like he has practice in acting already now. He's like actually so everyday life. That's is what acting. they use in the show. Yeah. In the, as like a, a thing where like um, Henry Winkler, who, the Fonz plays like the, the teacher of the acting class. And he's constantly like, um, you know, use things that happen to you in real life to motivate you in the acting, right? Right. And so when he plays like these things, he has to think about like, oh, this time I killed somebody to like get to that place where he's like angry or super sad or whatever. To do Shakespeare. Yeah. Pull it out. Exactly. All right. And it's funny because like he's not a good actor. Oh, I would say it's not for everybody. Oh yeah, and I don't, I don't hundred percent love the show, but um, it's something I did want to like get back into and watch. And I'm gonna continue watching it. I think it's up to season four now, and they said like that's the last season already. Okay. So I like Bill Hader. I think he's really funny. Um, do I believe like he's like a marine kind of guy? Uh, he's not like you know a action star. He's not yoked. You know, but I in real life, I think there's guys like this that are in the Marines. Uh, I think he's like he's like a sniper. That's why. Okay. Yeah. So the, there's real life people that kind of like look normal and you wouldn't know have done things like this. Have like a different frame. Yeah. It sounds like he's like if you're a hitman, you kind of want to look normal. Yeah. You kind of right. fade into the crowd. Um, it's it's pretty funny at times. There's uh the other people in the class that uh it's a stereotypical like a. I'm an actor, but I have to be a waiter during the day kind of stuff. Struggling artist. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll do things like, 
have like um, dinner parties where they pretend that there's a murder mystery or something like that. Okay, lame. Uh, <laughs> and they, uh, it's a world that Barry's not really fully into yet. So um, sometimes they like, of, uh, like get mad at him or upset at him. Like, well, why are you late? Why are you not rehearsing or whatever? And it's obviously for the benefit of the show because like he was out almost dying or something like oh, that. Oh, crap. Okay. So it's like um, he has to hide that from them. What I did give this a college try. Like I, I watched maybe part of the season one, I think. Yeah. And it does sometimes feel like he's the most normal one in the crowd. Right. Yeah. The the other people are like exaggerated versions of like struggling actors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh I will continue watching it. I um again I won't say it's like for everybody, but I find it pretty entertaining. Um I, I think I'm also just like kinda invested in what's happening. Oh, the actual story. Yeah. Huh? Because like they, they just keep digging it deeper and he can't the more he wants to like get away from it, the more he's stuck in it. Roger, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I, I it does seem like a, like a dark comedy, and maybe the jokes are farther apart from each other, right? But you can sometimes laugh out loud when it hits you, yeah, with yeah. these jokes. I, th- I like the Henry Winkler character. I, I definitely like the Hank character. Because he's so like like nothing in any other show even. Oh yeah, yeah. He's so weird, and he has an accent that's really funny. Um, he's like Ted Lasso. Kinda, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'd say check it out. It might be for you, but it, it's not for everybody. I think it's like won some freaking awards, right? Is it like really popular in that aspect at least? Like probably critics yeah. like it. Yeah, the spin on the comedy. Or... I, I mean, it's gone four seasons, so it's it's not a bad show. There's there's a fan base. Yeah, I kind of forgot about it, but I know it is pretty popular. Yeah, I'm gonna try to finish it. Um, all in all, I, I'd give it a solid like I don't know eight. Eight. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's Barry on HBO. Anything else you want to mention? No, that's it. That's it. Uh, I, I'm I'm open to watching the next Super Mario movie and maybe Barry. Okay, <laughs> guys, if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the Reader Copy Podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google. You can even stream us on Spotify. And if you really wanted to help the show out, you could leave us a review. Uh, you could do that best on our Apple Podcast page. And um, it won't cost you anything, but it really helps the show out a lot. Big thanks for all of that. And also a big thanks if you uh, go on all of our social medias. We're at the Reader Copy Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all of those. Uh, have a conversation with us over there. What are you watching? What are you liking? Any comics you want us to do? That would be, that'd be big because sometimes we run out. <laughs> um, I think we're taking a break next week, but we'll be back the following week. Uh, until then, Dale, do you want to hit him with the outro? If you like what we have to say about the book, pick it up and read your copy. Bye. <laughs>